They remember it. <laughs> we didn't remember it. We, in fact, we tried to forget it. <laughs> Whiskey warm to waking in. Have some fun while you're here. Do you listen? Do you hear? It's coming in loud and clear. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of our Battle Scars podcast. My name is Lee Michaels. And I'm Patrick Callahan. And this is a podcast about entrepreneurs, for entrepreneurs, with entrepreneurial stories, and lots of the word entrepreneur. <laughs> and I like the name uh, Scars. I, I think that's like that whole statement of like you know every the the goal for me is that any entrepreneur going through this there's another one um drink uh <laughs> uh that will will know like when they're in the, the pits or anything like that that hey that's normal it's everyone's going through this because every time i stand on stage or listen to a podcast i'm like oh my gosh this guy's got it great perfect and it's never ever that way so i'm looking forward to sharing these stories Absolutely. And that's our goal here because also scars aren't necessarily bad. There's some good looking scars, yeah. but they're stories and they, they're learnings. And, um, sometimes we wouldn't be where we were if it weren't for the mistakes that we made early on. So, yeah. um, this is our second trial at this. Uh, we're going to keep trying at it. And, um, the first one will see the light of day, I'm sure, but, uh, we're just going to keep trying at it, but we wanted to talk, focus on a topic of, um, importance to many entrepreneurs and it is um hiring that first employee and why like yeah i was thinking about this uh earlier that hire an employee versus hire a contractor um but there's so many other things that like spin out of this like culture um whether you trust the person or not the mistakes you make the trash can you throw up in right when you're about to make that hire. I think that was when I called you uh, for this company, it was, oh my God, I'm gonna hire this really important person and I'm literally about to throw up. And I did this before, like we hired a lot of people, yeah. but I was yeah. about to throw up. And um, because everything that goes, that could go wrong goes through your head and like, oh my gosh, all this money that I'm gonna have to spend on this. And, and I think just backing up even further, um, why hiring this first employee? Like why do it is something that I think a lot of people need to think about. Cause when I started with you, like I said, I didn't want to have employees, you know, I just, I want to keep it small. I want to keep me, whatever, but you got to realize that you are the only person earning money at that point. And when you aren't working, your company isn't working when it's just you or just you and somebody else. And so hiring employees allows you to build that company that begins to work for you. And I think that's something that, um, that's something that some people don't think about. Like when you buy a food truck, for instance, there's very few people that have been able to get out of the food truck after they buy it. And so they've really just bought themselves a job. They have bought themselves a truck that they have to work in all the time because it doesn't throw off enough money in order for them to hire somebody else. That money that the food truck generates is for them. And I think for um, a lot of people, they get stuck in this spot where they're making good money on their own. And if they bring on that second person, they all of a sudden are making 50% of what they were making before. And, and they've got to understand that that's a short-term problem towards a long-term benefit. Yeah, and I remember you and I recently, actually, we were um, advising someone in, in the bar, um, it's like a year ago or something, and they were talking about the 
how they work and it's good money it's throwing off money and all i could think of like how are you gonna are you gonna do this when you're 60 or 65 or how are you building value in the company and there's some people where it actually should be just the contractor for the rest of their lives or whatever but um at some point you're because we've seen that we had one agency that you and i worked with where it was just two people and they're happy and they're just doing they're coming in every day they don't want to deal with employees but at the end, even when the lights go out, when when you stop working, the value of the company stops. Yeah. And um, I always thought that was really watching them, and they'd watch us grow. Like we don't want those headaches until the time when you transact the company, or um, the time when you can go home and go on vacation and not worry about it. So there's really different reasons. Like, and you just have to choose your path. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and I think when we were prepping for this episode, one of the things that came to me that I don't think we had an honest discussion on. Was, but you, I think you should before you hire this employee is how do you want to leave the business if you want to leave it and because I think that affects how you hire that first employee because that first employee could potentially be a business partner yeah yeah you know um, that first employee could be um, the owner yeah the owner right yeah um, it could be the person you want to turn the business over to at some point um, and so how you want to exit the business I think you should at least think about before you hire that first employee because yeah. You may want to offer things, um, stock options. Yeah. But if you never want to transact the business, well, then that's not worth anything. Right. Lifestyle versus yeah, ownership, I guess. But um, yeah, so I, I'm not even sure I knew at that point. I think, but you're right. Like, had I had someone say, what do you want to do? Because 20 years from now or five years from now, that person may be the owner or the one that tanks the company. Right. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> kind of thing. But um, I think that is a good model to think about. Um what I started thinking about is like, when, like, when will I hire that person? Um, I think for like, what, do you remember our first hire? Do you remember I do. him? Yeah. So tell yeah. me your story that you remember and I'll tell you the one I remember. I think what we were in your basement at a poker table. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, one of the things that jumped out to me, which I think will be common for most people is we had a common friend, like we were introduced to somebody, we had a need for a specific skill set. it was computer programming, and both of us could kind of muscle through it, but neither one of us were programmers, and we were needing real programming skills. Mm. And I remember we talked to somebody who said he knew somebody that we should meet, who would be good as a, you know, a good uh, addition to our team. Um, and, and we met the, we met him and we we loved him and and uh, we had to figure out a way to hire him. I mean, I don't know if we re- like we didn't have a, a process for vetting him something, Mm-mm. but just even like going deeper into that, um, the need like what did what did we see? I think we so we had a a site we had to program. We we didn't even try him for like I guess there's a lot of a lot of people who can try him now. It's it's um, more common to let me try as a contractor or um, that type of thing, but we didn't. We know we needed that person, and I think he was right out of college. Um, yeah, that. Yeah, I think the the contractor model today, the gig economy today, is a little more accepting. Like it wasn't something that was as common for us, but um, we always tried to hire people as opposed to contractors. Yeah. And it's more expensive, but then you get them, you get your culture, you get um, all those sorts of things that I think. Um, pay benefits long-term, particularly if you're looking to build a company. 
you're building value, something in equity in that company. And I do remember that. Like when you, again, when you start hiring the contractor models, they go home, they can go anywhere they want. And there's nothing that's sellable at that point. The culture leaves every day. Right. You can't pick up the phone and say, hey, what do you think about this contract at two in the morning? Or um, that type of thing. Because you're going to be paying them as a contractor. But as an employee, you're having them on and um, they're participating in the business. And as a co-owner, obviously, even more so. And they help shape the brand. I think yeah. that, that that's something I think we probably didn't state, but when we were interviewing him, it was definitely something like, you know, does this guy represent our brand? Yeah. Over time we did. But at that yeah. first time, it yeah. was a, I don't know what I'm doing, and this could be a failure. Um, but you know what? I don't see any other way. Let's just try it. And, it, that, and that really is the garbage can moment is when you're about to puke in that garbage can. Because I really do feel it every time when we started another company and I'd be curious even with your current place with hiring that first employee it's it's a gut-wrenching hard decision that you just got to do and try and if that person's adapted to the vision as to here's where we're going here's what we're trying to build or to the skill because I think that's the first hire like he was like oh I'm kind of interested in this and yeah I need a paycheck and okay we'll do it the subsequent ones are more like, here's the vision, here's where we're going, you, you want to be a part of this at all or not, and that becomes a different story. But but he really, I mean, he helped shape our vision. Yeah. Like, it, just, just him being there. One of know? our best hires. We yeah. got lucky, you know, and yeah. um, and we still keep in touch in Absolutely. some ways with him yeah. or not. I, I do remember after that, we did start creating a model. And um, not to go down the further route, but it actually could help people who are making their first hire, um, we, we, at some point we said, hey, if we can see vision into the next three to six months, I can't remember if it was three or six. I think at that point it was three in the early days, but if it's six, all the better. Like the three weeks. That's right, yeah. <laughs> that if you see that person is going to be there, then um, and you have a, a, um, a runway for that person for six months, then it becomes an investment because that person, if you hire a contractor, you're still investing in the culture of that person, whether, you know, in the subtle ways that you deal with them or with the client and you're bringing them to meetings and that kind of stuff. So you're, you're saying we got to show up on time to a meeting. That's a culture building moment. That's a good point. Yeah. And so, um, uh, you, once you start building that culture in that person, that should be part of the company and you can't create a, you can't have a good worker for that purposes right and right. so i think that was part of the reasons if it was less then we said well we don't have vision into that let's pay the person for the skills or if it was very 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 specific cause but for i guess if it was a culture building thing then um you have no choice but to hire that person you, you just gotta take that leap of faith yeah and it's um it's expensive yeah you know because you're taking money out of your pocket probably before you're getting paid by the client. Like it's not like you're sitting on a bucket of money or you know, yeah. they didn't prepay you for everything. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely, I definitely agree. At least the path we went down, which was we were trying to build something big and build a brand that was bigger than just us. Yeah. And I think that you have to start, if you just want to build a brand that's just you and you just need support people or stuff like that, that's, that's different. But um, for us, it was very big that this person was the, like you said, that this was the first step in us building our culture and defining who we were. Yeah. And I think that that, we probably didn't, we probably didn't know that when we were starting. Right. Um, and we made some bad hires and we yeah. made some hires of people that, you know, we were like that, that person that didn't feel right at the beginning and it definitely doesn't feel right later. Um, but I think all in all, 
knowing that that culture uh, is there, uh, knowing that they're building towards that culture, I think is something that we might not have overtly talked about, but I think it was in the back of our minds. Is this somebody that we would feel comfortable representing our brand elsewhere? Right. Because our whole, I think the whole goal in this, our whole goal for a lot of these things was, you always mention, you know, we've got to fire ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and I tried to fire you too many times before that. Uh, but that, that actually was, a, it, it is. And I don't, I don't know if you taught me that or if I said it, whatever, but I do like that. Um, that analogy for you to move up the chain, you got to recognize that people are going to be smarter below you. And so yeah. fire yourself, just get out and yeah. get out of their way um, to do it. Um, my current business partner said that in corporate world, uh, he had a boss pull him aside and say, uh, I can't give you this next promotion until you have somebody doing your current job. And so oh, yeah. you need to be replace yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and that was something that you were always big on as we got bigger. But I think in this step, like when you're hiring this person, you're either hiring them for two reasons. One is to duplicate the work that you're doing. So you've got 200% or 150% of the work and you can only do a hundred percent of it. Uh, so you need somebody to pick up that slack. So, um, you, you need somebody that's doing the same similar skills that you are. So if you're an electrician, you need somebody else to help be an electrician. Um, but the other one is to complement your skills, to add stuff that you're not doing. So it could be a bookkeeper. It could be, um, adding a whole new service. So again, in that electrician model, maybe you're moving into HVAC somehow or something. So you need somebody who can pick up that or particular skill inside that. And so when you look at that person, you got to think about what's that role that they're going to fit in and how do you make them successful? How do you get them going? How do you get them uh, so that they are contributing at a high level, knowing that they're not going to be as good as you out of the gate, but knowing that uh, they have to be competent at some level. Yeah. To, in order to be again supporting your brand what scared you at the end of the day like when uh you went to make that first hire um not being able to pay them at some point yeah you know like i, I always feel like you're messing with their livelihood right um and i remember that day that uh we always looked at it looking out over the abyss that one day which we'll, i'm sure we'll talk about at some point but the first thing that came to my mind was you know how are we going to pay these people how are they going to pay whoever and um my the business before we came to Archer, I was an employee there, and they did their own payroll. And the, and the female owner always prided herself on she could do all the checks and she did everything. And then word just came back that you know these checks are bouncing, and so the checks would like they're physical paper checks, and everybody's running at lunch to the bank to get money, get their money before the end of it. And that's how I remember that company. You know, for all the other good that it did, the fact that they were bouncing checks to their own employees was something that damaged their brand in my mind. Yeah. So that was always my fear. How about you? Um, that scared me enough that I know we never, ever missed a payroll in our company, and we had a good partner with payrolls. Mm -hmm. um, Which I think is important. Yeah. There's, there's that. And um, so getting the right payroll company, make sure that they're paying the taxes and you're, you aren't. Like, that should be the top of the checklist. Uh, Absolutely. Like get it out of the way. You're not an expert. And if you are an expert, you shouldn't be doing anything but payroll, payroll companies. <laughs> um, the, uh, but the biggest fear I had was like missing a payroll. And so we would like plan out. We said, okay, we have $30,000 deposit from this client. That means we could pay him for six months at the time. It was not expensive, but six months and we could forego ours. Right. And which we did. And right. um, that was one piece of thing what, what would make it easier as well is um the partnership as a 
as a bank, and I was talking to someone about this the other day, you, you, the more, the closer you, your partnerships with your company should be as important to you as the culture of the company. Because when you step into a client and they know you have these different partners, you're all the more credible to them. And um, we had a great banking relationship, thanks to you, like from the previous company. But it doesn't have to, you don't have to have a previous company to have that banking relationship which is a whole nother podcast yeah. discussion because yeah. I, I remember I treated them like my Catholic priest. Because <laughs> you never want them to be surprised. <laughs> That's right. And you told them the good and the bad and you met with them, whatever. But that allowed them, you're not, you, we weren't getting, um, we weren't having that relationship so that we could tap into it to pay employees on a services-based business. But we were using them to cover the ebbs and flows of the receivables. And so, Clients, especially the big ones, are going to pay you as late as they possibly can, and then they're going to forget and pay you six months later kind of thing. And the last thing you want to do is put any kind of doubt into the first employee or into the others, just as you were saying, because they'll talk to you, to other people, and all that kind of stuff. So that scared the living daylights out of me. And to look out over a field and knowing that you're paying all their mortgages, and um, you don't want them missing a mortgage. But you don't ever want them to lose trust, and that is the number one trust piece that yeah. Um, yeah. that always scared me the most. Um, and it is a gut wrenching thing. But if you can see it, if you can, it's easy to put it into a spreadsheet and say, okay, here's their salary divided by six months. Here's what I have to come up with, and do I have enough capital, whether it be my line or whatever it is, to get to that point? And okay, now it's time to risk it and go. You know, if you know the risk, if it's quantifiable, then you know what the worst is that can happen and you can plan for it. Um, you can be scared, and but knowledgeable of what you're doing. Yeah, and the more you know about it, the more willing you are to take that risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially if you had a relationship with the bank, your wife probably has that relationship too because your house is on the line, whatever. So yeah. it makes it comfortable with you know, talking to the spouse. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but on the positive side, forget about the scary and the negative side of things like that. You all of a sudden go home standing up a little bit more to your spouse or partner, whatever, and you're like, I now have a company because there's people who depend on me. Yeah. And um, yeah. you stand prouder. And I remember, <laughs> all right, this is a funny story. Uh, you used, uh, we had a competitive spirit with another company and I won't go into too many details but that's a whole another podcast but um it was there a bumper sticker that said something like 42 yeah. or 24 w2, w2 and then F-U. fu kind of stuff because someone claimed that we had all contractors and it was a proud moment that we didn't that we had a team that was all going to show up and, and the reason it, the, the reason why it was important it was because we had 42 people and it could be 24 it could be one pushing now with a vision of the company and it wasn't a contractor that said well that's their problem i'm just getting paid here right. kind of thing right and i can't and so that bumper sticker really stated how important the first employee is or the 42nd one was that was a big cultural differentiator for us and we were freaking proud of it you know? yeah 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 i definitely um i definitely still think hiring full-time employees gives you a better brand um it allows you to build more. And, and I know the gig economy is something now that gives people a lot of options with that. But um, knowing that that first employee is out there repping us as much as we are, I think is something that, um, you know, like you said, is a moment of pride. Yeah. You know, and, and people build companies for different reasons. But you know, we wanted to be a powerhouse in the region. We wanted to be where our name, you know, was there before us. And I think that that, um, 
I think that that helped accomplish that. Yeah. So one other tidbit, I guess, or suggestion for people going through this is when you sit down and you hire that first employee um, versus a contractor is that that's the day you start selling your vision. I mean, I guess you do it between you and we, we worked it out beforehand. Like, oh, I remember the poker table. <laughs> and I remember Larry coming in. And that's we were, right. Yeah, and we were saying, like, here's what we want to build. He's like, I don't know. What are you guys saying? What is this? And I still got that today. But um, when you sit down with an employee, you want them, because here's what happens is your next employee is a friend of theirs. That's the best one. Like, when they're out selling, you're... Well, there's a statistic saying like you're twice likely not to lose that one if they're bringing in their friends they're not going to leave you hmm. um, as soon as yeah. possible or like that but if you can sell that vision to the one employee that they can repeat back to you that becomes I can't tell you being on the other side it's like the most valuable thing that you could have um, is that vision that they're telling other people rightly or wrongly I don't know it definitely you're definitely living that vision you know all all the day um, because you're teaching them you're you're showing them what you're doing. Um, I also think that um, you talked about the friend and stuff. I think it's important that you understand that you're not going to be good friends with that first hire. Or you should try to get out of that model um, because you may have to lay them off someday. Or you may come to a disagreement with them where your visions don't align and you have to fire them. (laughs) Um, And that's really tough to do if you're drinking buddies. Right. Uh, and especially like that first employee could be your drinking buddy. You it's know? equivalent to being a parent and a child, right? Like it's not, um, yeah. like at the end of the day, you're not your child's friend. You're their parent. Um, you shouldn't be. Right. You should be. Yeah. Maybe yeah. when they turn 18 <laughs> or something like that, then it becomes more of a, all right, let's now let down the guard a little bit. You're on your own type thing. But the, um, that's a really good point. And I forgot. And I, I think you caught me a few times. One time it was like, well, they should. We should be um, allowing them to bring their family in, and I think your response is like, "We're not a freaking daycare or something like that." Um, and you didn't mean Why that. Why am I you. always the asshole in these? <laughs> <laughs> but it was the right thing, and. Um, and and that's why and that's like it, it, just like a parent right like yeah the the dad why or the mom that's always uh, who's the one that's the uh, <laughs> the one that spanks and not spank we don't spank people anymore but uh, well maybe you spank some people but the um, but it was the um, y- yeah like you said you just can't be you have to be there yeah you, ha- you can't be their friends because not only just because of that it's just like you're responsible for the success of that company they're responsible for doing the things that you're asking them to do and otherwise the company won't work and you can't do that with a friend relationship you're asking them you know it's a different right. it's a different right thing. right um one of the things that i thought about that uh we did not have a non-compete non-solicitation in our original agreements i mean we, we didn't have anything yeah. i don't think when the employees came on and uh some of our clients were requiring that we had some confidentiality agreements that all had to be signed and um, and non-compete yeah yeah i guess they did um and so we had to go back and put those in place afterwards and that was a very painful process yeah and you kept talking about the uh kernel of peppercorn as uh oh that we had to offer them something yeah you know in order to do that um but uh that was something that stuck with me that you don't think about when you're starting and when you're hiring that first employee, but how are you, you know, what are you going to do if they leave and want to start their own business that's doing the same thing as yeah. you? Is there a safe way, a clean way to protect the rest of the employees that stay from that? Yeah. Do you remember why we didn't do it? I knew we knew about it, 
But do you remember why we didn't do it? I kind of have a memory. Well, it could have been me. I was like, well, then they'll never come work for us. I'm scared. (laughs) Um, And I'll tell you, it becomes 10 times harder to get that non-compete, both legally and personally. Like, if you don't ask that straight out, like the things that you don't address in the very beginning are... um, And there should be a list of these things somewhere. But the things you don't address in the beginning is... 10 times harder to get a year later. Like you have to offer up something else. So don't think you're doing yourself or them any favors by not thinking about it in the very beginning. Um, And I still, I'm still go through that. Well, they'll never never sign this, whatever. But in reality, it it, well, first of all, it should be the same thing you would sign. They wouldn't want you leaving and competing against them. And then um, the second thing is like that um, they, for the, for the betterment of the business, think of it as the business is its own, corporation or whatever it is think of it as it's a thing that they want to see successful too and so um bringing on other employees i guess the whole point is like sometimes we overplay the concern like am i paying them enough or doing this enough or whatever kind of stuff get that done the very beginning because we actually had to enforce it one time one time yeah and it could have killed us because it was with our largest client yeah we had an employee go to a competitor and they start selling into our client and had we not had that in place it would have just killed us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, um, it doesn't have to be draconian. Um, and I think this is where getting an attorney or, you know, getting some conversation about, it's not saying that we want to prohibit this person from leaving and doing their own thing. And in fact, you and I had took great pride in seeing our employees go off and start their own business. Yeah. Get enough excitement out of being an entrepreneur to go do their own, but to protect the rest of the business, to protect ourselves, to protect what we built, you don't want them to go and just do your business. You know, right down the street and call on your clients and, and bring your employees over. Right. Like that's just, it's not fair. It's not the right way to do business. And if we have to put it in paper to do that, it's, it's, I think it's a, a reasonable request. Yeah. The one that I had happened to me um, with one job that I'd never seen before was a non defamation clause. <laughs> that's and it. so I couldn't publicly go out and bash the company after I left. And I thought that that it always stuck in my head was it always stuck in my head that um, you typically leave because you're unhappy, you know, or, or something else, you know. But you, they're then saying you're not allowed to say anything, you're not allowed to post something about that, you're not allowed to go on glass door and leave a bad. I didn't even know that that's actually. I didn't. I've enforceable. never seen it before. So yeah. it might not be enforceable. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you do that now? <laughs> we do not. Yeah. <laughs> if people want to go and bash us, that's fine. <laughs> that's what Yelp's for. <laughs> But, um, but I think you talked about, you know, these early partners and, uh, I think a good attorney is definitely key for these sorts of things yeah. and a good business attorney, uh, business minded attorney. And that was something that you were always stressing was that there are attorneys that pride themselves on following law and there are attorneys that are kind of business people that yeah. know how to do things. And yeah. I, so the job of an attorney is to keep you out of trouble and that attorney was, is it's going to lay out every possible scenario and scare the crap out of you. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. um, but it, they, a good attorney will say, here are the things you got to watch out for, but we understand that you're a business and that you're just getting started. And, um, they'll, they'll understand, they'll put your, themselves in your shoes. And I think we ended up with a really good one, very young in the beginning and then, no, and then kind of grew with them. And the other thing is like we had in some areas, we had very specific attorneys. So one for HR issues, and then one for um, uh, 
IP issues, one for contract issues, one for all kinds of different things. And then there, there was one who always had your back. Um, and as a small one, you need that one that's going to like overlook all. They grow with you and that type of thing. But sometimes you may outgrow them and then grow into the new one. Yet another one of partnerships that we should probably just have a whole another part podcast on. But it's important to think of it that way. That you don't need the largest corporation, General Electric's general counsel, when you're starting a new restaurant. Um, but you also it. shouldn't get your friend who's a slip and fall attorney, you know, <laughs> to to do this. You know. Yeah. Um, hey, yeah. On, on the um, employee stuff, like, how did? What, what's your view of compensation for? Like, if I'm hiring my first employee. So I've gotten to the point with like, all right, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this leap. I, I understand it's culture and that kind of stuff. What's the, what? How, do you remember how we dealt with, um, his salary? How did we choose? I, I think, and the resources are much better now. But we kind of looked at what, you know, what is that? What would that pay? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we, we, we university students or so we were looking at that. Or we call it a university professor. Or, yeah, and and the resources right now. One, yeah. there's a lot more data out there, but it's suspect. So, you know, you should be able to, you know, pick pick your brain. Like, I think we had some experience of what our employees at our previous lives, what they were getting paid. So we yeah. kind of had some idea. Um, and uh, I, we were doing it after the dot-com bubble. But during the dot-com bubble, everybody wanted options. Everybody, you yeah. know, all these companies were going public. And, and so there are those market forces that... I think there's those non-salary things that you can try to influence a decision with, uh, be it options, be it work-life balance, be it a, a brand new laptop, be it a chair you have to put together when you come to work. Right, right. <laughs> that was always our thing. We would, the first job when they showed up was they had to put their desk and chair together. <laughs> <laughs> that was painful to watch too. <laughs> but but um, yeah, I think salary is something that is important. I think um, making sure you you're clear with them when you're going to review it. So one of the ways that we would kind of try to work with employees, yeah, and because reviewing sucks, like there's not a good process for that, and and whoever tells you that they have this great solution, you know, they're full of it. Like it's it's it requires a lot of one. You shouldn't be doing a review one time a year. You should be constantly having a discussion with this person. But you have to sit down and put it in some paper, and and all it comes down to is you know here's how you're doing, here's how you're going to get better, and here's what we're going to pay you. And we would start it out doing it annually, but then sometimes we would offer people who we couldn't quite afford. We would say, well, come in at this, but we're going to review in six months. But then do we remember that? Do they remember that? They remember it. (laughs) We didn't remember it. In fact, we tried to forget it. (laughs) Um, But also I think um, people coming to a startup are looking for a certain level of risk. And I think early on... um, one of the things I wrote down here was that there, there are employees that don't necessarily want to be entrepreneurs and that's uh, not a bad thing. You used to you say know? that a lot. Like, yeah. Cause I would want to make them like, Oh man, they're, they're totally like, we should ask them their opinion on, should we take this client or not? And you're like, you know, just remember not everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. Someone wants to be really good at their craft. Yeah. Yeah. And we actually, I remember, um, we had an employee who left us. He was a programmer and, um, he's like, I just, I, I realized it wasn't for me. You know, I loved you guys. I loved working for you. I just, I, I want just a steady Eddie kind of job. Yeah. And, um, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, and so I think understanding that in those conversations with this first employee, you're probably going to have a thousand conversations with them before you hire them. Um, or, uh, because you will have known them, you will be trying to make that decision. 
but uh, I think trying to get a read of whether you want them to be an entrepreneur or not, or um, are they excited by being an entrepreneur? Because your compensation could be different. I yeah, mean, you, and and if they're bought into the vision too, like that's the other thing that could reduce the salary, especially if you're strained for it, is we can only offer this much, but here's where we're going as a company in the long run. Yeah, that can have a reduction factor because that can get people excited and. Um, if they can see something that gets them excited, especially nowadays, I feel like salary is becoming a secondary thing. Mission and purpose is, is a big thing. Okay. Um, I don't know if we if we did that or not, but I do remember the very beginning phases, like saying, "Here, this is where we're going." We you had done something similar before, and so there's something tangible to look at. And we had um, we had some fun clients, yeah. and and that's where our PR started to help. Um, as a recruitment tool yeah you know so people the brand you know the brand was cool yeah and so i think that that um and I, the events and everything else like that like that, that we would do it's, it's all the tangible stuff. and then even like you, to see them wearing the t-shirts right or you know that kind of stuff that's right. when it becomes really fun yeah um anything else related to this first so let's just sort of recap what we talked about you know you have to know what you're hiring for. You have to have your non-disclosure clearly in place. You have to have a payroll company. Um, anything else that we talked about here that was something that we should jump out? No, um, I, I do I, I do want to tell this one story that's not about the first employee, but it could be applied towards that. Um, and I don't know if you'll ever know it, um, but we did have, uh, I'm not going to go into the details, we did have one employee do something unethical. And okay. yep. um, yep. <laughs> you remember? Oh yeah. And, and you and I hadn't, as partners, um, hadn't faced that problem before. And I remember hearing about it the night before. And I had turned to my wife. I was like, "Holy cow! How is Lee going to react to this? Because this is actually a very bonding moment." <laughs> I didn't say this to my wife. It's a bonding moment between Lee and I. <laughs> That's swell. <laughs> um, it was more of a are we aligned in the people that we're hiring and stuff like that? Cause this, this really upset me. And, um, the next morning you found out about it and didn't even think about it. You went over and fired them. It was like, I, it, it wasn't even a question. And I was like, Holy cow. Like, <laughs> all right, I'm in for the long run. And I, I remember all this money and it wasn't the first hire and all that kind of stuff, but the ethics of, uh, an employee, because you'll run into problems and disagreements, especially if you have a business partner. In our first podcast, we talked about like the importance of having a business partner, whether it's your confident wife or it's a board member or whatever. There's someone who's going to listen to you. Um, I'd, I'd probably go against the employees, but um, meaning not sharing everything with them because of what we just talked about. But um, the ethics and stuff like that play out like that and how you react to it is, is again, it's not a checkoff item, is it, but when you look at that person, you hire them, you want to know that they're genuine, that they're truthful, like, you know, all that kind of, they match your values, whatever those might be. And yeah. And I think they're constantly, again, like a kid, they're constantly testing to see, you know, these values, are they true? Is the sales pitch that you told me about this company is rainbows and unicorns. Is it really that? Yeah. You know, are you really taking everybody out for lunch every day or does that just happen, you know, when, when we get hired on or, right. You know, um, and I think they're constantly taking those cues as as is everybody they're constantly learning from you what kind of company you want to build yeah it's not just what's in the mission statement or something like that yeah. you know it's really 
you know, how do you act and how do you operate? Yeah. When so. you, um, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, I, I, what's going through my head is like all these books you read about, well, you have to know principles and values and this should be part of your business plan and how you hire talent and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, that's easy to capture at the end of the day, but um, there's just something that you react to that it's inherent in you. Yeah, there were definitely times that um, I feel good that we did what was right, not necessarily what was in the company's best interest. And I think that that employees see that. And I think that you have to be on guard all the time. So if you've got an opportunity to double invoice a client and they're not going to notice or they send two checks or something and, and you don't return one, your employees see that, you know, they see that action. And, and so, um, you're constantly being evaluated against the values that you communicate, communicated yeah. and, and are you living up to those values? Cause that's what they signed up for, uh, to be a part of that. And either, um, they believe in those values or they don't, or they, you know, but I think, constantly doing those um you're constantly being tested you're constantly being evaluated by everybody to see if you're going to follow the values that you set out yeah and if you don't fire a person they're going to see that too like it, it and they know yeah I, I remember um firing somebody that we kind of knew we had to fire but it was like it was painful and we were trying to give them the right chance and and then finally when you fired them it was like everybody was it was like a sense of relief in most cases because they didn't match the values and you're trying to be do the right thing and give them a chance to succeed and you know go through all the steps that you want to do to make sure that this isn't a surprise to them that they have an opportunity to improve but you could i more than once when we had to part ways with somebody the rest of the team said you know you did the right thing and thank you for doing that and because they see somebody not pulling their weight yeah you know? and you're like why didn't you tell me this before right. like and they're like yeah we've been thinking about it all the time that should person should have been gone a long time ago I, uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. It's the biggest mistake hire you ever made. And I, I, try not to be too descriptive and say it was my daughter or son or something <laughs> like that. But uh, no, um, like, uh, what, what do you remember? Like the, I, the, the one hire I remember that was a mistake. We were trying to move into a new business and, uh, a, a line of business. And we hired somebody who was making more than us at the time. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and it wasn't all us like he wasn't perfectly us whatever but um he did his job well yeah uh it just didn't match how we do work and and we kind of thought we'd bring in this expert and this new line of business would just come our way and we'd make these big investments but it would all pay off and it would make us a much smarter company and i just felt like at the end of the day um it wasn't us like he he was somebody that we were constantly sort of cringing when you know he would participate in in our conversations how about you I, uh, I I projected a vision on someone. That's one. There's two of them actually. Projected a vision on someone that, oh, this person could become this, without validating they could actually do it. And mm. uh, later on, we started getting better at, hey, oh my God, you're great, you're awesome. All right, now take a test. You know, <laughs> or here's a case study, um, or have the client interview that person and say, yeah, that's someone I could work with. And so we got better at that. But in the very beginning, we were awful. We were just like, sounds good. I don't know, let's give it a shot kind of thing. <laughs> um, but there's those small things that you can validate because we all tend to like get something 
stuck in our heads that says, oh, this person could become this, or I see this person as this without validating it. And there's always something that's a, there's a filter you have in yourself that you just can't get rid of. And yeah. Um, yeah. good and thing that you didn't have it because we would have never been business partners. You know? <laughs> no, yeah. no. Um, you mentioned something I want to loop back on, and it's about you can't overshare with your employees. Yeah. Um, and that's hard. It is, especially yeah. when it's your first employee. Like you want to tell them everything about the business you want, but at the end of the day, they're your employee, and um, you. So there are decisions that you're going to have to just keep to yourself or not share with them, uh, because it's not you know it's above their pay grade. I guess is the way to say it. But um, there's deci- tough decisions you're going to have to make on your own that may impact that person and. And so it's really tough, a person that you're going to spend a lot of time with during the day in the trenches, getting this business going. You believe in them. They believe in you. Everything's great. But, you know, they're an employee. You have to make sure that you separate that from them being your friend or them being, you, know, you can't, you can, it can't be somebody that you're confiding everything into because at the end of the day, they are your employee. Yeah. And they've got to go home. They have their own issues and all that kind of stuff. Don't try to invite them over to dinner at your house all the time. <laughs> I tried. doesn't yeah. work. Well, it's, I mean, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. I just think you have to go into the mindset of saying at least initially that these employees are your employees yeah. and, and they may like that too. They may, they, you know, they aren't starting their own business. They came to work for you. They believed in you somehow. Um, you don't want to ruin that. Yeah. Um, so I, um, I also had the thought too, um, that I learned, and this is important for your first hire is the team you start with may not be the team you end with. Mm. And, um, you know, you, you, you're always a big proponent of saying you're either growing or slowly dying. There is no annuity in a business that you start out with. It doesn't yeah. just like, oh, okay, well, it just, we'll just produce and we don't have to do anything because the environment changes, you know, it's outside of your control. And so you have to as well. So I do remember a hire we made in the very beginning who, um, very talented worker or whatever, was great with when we were one to nine. But then we won a large contract and we had to start selling at a higher price. And he or she, <laughs> um, they, they, yeah, <laughs> they were um, not going to um, sell something at a higher price because they thought, well, it shouldn't. And now we're ripping off the client and all that kind of stuff. But we really needed that to support the team. Or I don't, I don't even remember what the deals details with. But I do remember that the mindset that you if you're not growing or if that employee that you're hiring is not growing you got to feel comfortable to know that they just may not be right for the team when you move to a 20 to 30 person and i know there's different levels of it but um that's okay you know right. and maybe right. they need to go back to the one to nine group or whatever and it's just not going to work out um but you have to know that you're hiring for that one to nine phase on that first hire um and hopefully they'll go on but also you can't necessarily bring in someone who has, who's led a team of 500 people to start a team of one. Yeah, it's a different. It, you don't create SOPs and TPS reports and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. It's um, it's a different mindset and uh, it's a different world. And I think we found that when we would try to hire people from corporate America, uh, it's you know, so hard. Yeah, for them to make that jump on your dime, like there was something that attracted them to corporate America as much as they said they disdained it. Um, it, there was some comfort there. There was some, you know, and and you're taking that away from them. And it's not to say that they can't do it. It's just the, that's, that's a great example where you try before you buy, meaning like have them working on the side of their desk to see Mm -hmm. like, is this really valuable? Can they make this leap? Yeah. Um, but just because they headed up some, 
um, big pharma stuff or whatever. It's not going to work. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, awesome. I think we've yeah. beaten this one to dead. Is there anything else you want uh, no, to? We could go on forever. But 